first, a word from our sponsors. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site, brings the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. It's called the Hooter Main Event, the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind, and you'll find it for Week 5. Remember, only on Fantasy Draft, 100% of the entry fees paid to contest winners. You can sign up at FantasyDraft.com with promo code 444, and you'll get a free seven-day trial membership on that. This podcast also brought to you by Iconic, a not-for-profit organization that will help you find the perfect pair of eyewear or contact lenses. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 444 is the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is John Paulson. Normally you're hearing Anthony Stalter right now, but he's unable to host today because he's at another wedding. Everyone he knows is getting married, um, and Anthony is very popular in high school and college, so he has to go to all these weddings. I hate weddings personally, um, but you have to go when you're called upon. So he's not here, uh, but I'm able to call out of the bullpen a great guest, the director of DFS, my friend, TJ Hernandez. TJ, thanks for coming on today. What's up, JP? Thanks for having me. Excited to talk a little uh, redraft action. I'm o- I'm only talking DFS all week, so it's a nice change of pace. But a lot of your work uh, talks about matchups and trends, yeah. and you can uh, redraft owners can gain, gain a lot from the DFS side of the of the site as well. So I'm happy to have you on. Also, in honor of you have, having you on, uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, one of your favorite bands. I'm, oh yeah, I think right. Uh, so we t- p- picked a track, uh, Heart. It's uh, originally was released in 2014 mm-hmm. uh did some research on this track uh 2014 on youtube and soundcloud yep uh but the band just released it on a b-sides mary it's called mary b-sides uh, in 2019 so it's you know getting a little bit of airplay as well a uh, great track uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that band uh yeah i mean i've seen them the most i've seen any band in the last couple of years I actually just picked i picked up that uh b-side seven inch vinyl at uh at red rocks the first red rock show i've ever been to so that was a really cool experience seeing them out there that was their first big show outside of like uh 1500 to 2000 uh seater so it was cool to be a part of that do you actually have a record player that you play records on yeah, it's uh, it's like my forced break to stop staring at my computer every twenty minutes. So if I'm <laughs> if I have vinyl on, I have to get up and stop looking. I like it. Uh, yeah. I tried getting into the vinyl a couple years ago, and I was just listening to the Beatles' White Album on it, and I'm just like, this sounds like crap. I am <laughs> not into the vinyl. I like the, I like the streaming services. So yeah. I guess I'm new school that way. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we can get them on the pod. I don't think we've had them on before. Maybe it was once before. Uh, but this is a really good track, Heart. So check out their uh, streaming. Uh, they Most of their albums, I think, are up on the on Spotify. Uh, mm-hmm. I put this track on the Most Acre Podcast playlist. I'm going to tweet that uh, link out today for people who can't find it over at Spotify. There's also links in the podcast post on the website uh, if you're looking for that. So we're going to go through the latest news and injury updates. We're going to talk a little bit about the Thursday night game. And then we're going to talk about some uh, sneaky starts at the end of the pod. Uh, but... 
let's start with that latest news injury updates. There's a few running backs that are popping up on the injury report. Um, suddenly uh, maybe questionable to play. Uh, the first one is David Johnson, the Cardinals. He's got a back injury. The Cardinals play late on Sunday, and the latest on him, uh, the GM uh, said that he's optimistic that there's a chance that he could play, uh, which doesn't sound great. Chase Edmonds um, would be the backup, or uh, the, the guy, he'd be the RB1 if, if Johnson can't play, and I think he's actually a pretty good start against the, the Falcons. Uh, he had 11 uh, touches last week and uh, had a productive game. Uh, what do you think about Edmonds as a uh, spot start if if uh, Johnson can't play? Yeah, I don't know if this is um, updated for waivers that cleared this week, but it looks like Edmonds is still available in over 60% of uh, Yahoo leagues. So obviously if Johnson's out, he's, um, he's a must-start. Arizona, they're 30th in running back touch rate, percentage of touches uh, to the running back uh, over total team touches, but Arizona runs so many plays that uh, they're still giving their running backs over 22 touches per game. So he's he's going to, uh, we, we saw his ability to break off the long runs last week. Uh, they're obviously going to use their running back in the passing game. They're going to spread it out and pass as much as any team. And I actually think there is a little bit of upset possibility here just because Atlanta uh, is so bad. They are favored at home, but their secondary is so bad. Uh, that team's just reeling a little bit. So obviously, if you can get Arizona in a good game script, that's even better for Chase Edmonds. Yeah, the Falcons are 11th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, which isn't. This is like mediocre. It's not something mm-hmm. I would really adjust for in my rankings. I looked at the what the Falcons are yielding to running backs specifically in terms of yardage, and they're actually. I don't know if you know this, TJ, but they're last in running back receiving yards allowed, yeah. 91 through that, five games, which would be a little alarming for Edmonds. But I think with Cardinals throwing the ball as much as they do, that probably, you know, he still has a chance to have a nice receiving day. Um, they are, it looks like they are middle of the pack, 524 rushing yards allowed to uh, running backs right now. So not a great matchup, but not terrible. And you have to think that with, with Johnson out, that he would see close to 20 touches um, in that one. Uh, moving on to the Rams, Todd Gurley has a quad injury. Uh, the Rams also play late, uh, per Ian Rappaport, NFL Network. Uh, Gurley's status is very much up in the air, uh, per the Rappaport there. So we're looking at Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Apparently, when asked about Todd Gurley's status, Sean McVay started talking up his backup running back. So that's mm-hmm. usually a bad sign. I think we're going to probably see a lot of Brown, and they're going to dust off Henderson a little bit. Uh, there. What do you think about uh, playing them this week if, if Gurley's out? Um, I mean, if you're a Gurley owner, you're most likely going to be forced to start Brown. I'm, I'm not touching uh, Darrell Henderson, even if I'm, I'm desperate for running backs. He just hasn't seen a lot of work uh, this year, even if he comes in and sees like a 35 or 40% touch share, um, which I think is his kind of his ceiling range. I still don't think it's going to be that high just because of the way this game is probably going to play out. San Francisco is the only defense that ranks in the top 10 and schedule adjusted fantasy points to every single skill position. Um, the way to beat the San Francisco team is with the interior passing game and with your defense. They, they've struggled against the slot a little bit, and that could translate to, um, to Gerald Everett, the tight end as well. So I like Cup and Everett, and then uh, the the 49ers are out both starting tackles. So I actually uh, think this game might be a little bit lower scoring than the total implies. I think Vegas has it like 27 to, to 24 Rams. I wouldn't be surprised to see like a, a 20 to 14 or 20 17 game, and, and if they can move the ball through the air, um, it just kind of 
depends who falls into the end zone. Most likely that's going to be Malcolm Brown. I have Gurley currently at 16th uh, in the, my running back rankings in half PPR. I was just looking at the yardage allowed by the 49ers. There's, they've allowed the second fewest running back rushing yards and the second fewest running back receiving yards, mm-hmm. which is why they're second in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. I think those two things kind of combined to give us the adjusted fantasy points allowed ranking. Uh, so not a great matchup, and I think if Brown or if uh, Gurley's out, then Brown ends up being ranked in that twenty to twenty-five range, where he's going to be, you know, a twelve to fifteen touch guy. We really don't know what Daryl Henderson's role is going to be. I can't imagine it'd be big, and I don't usually like to start backup running backs in bad matchups like this. So I think you're going to see a lot of Cooper Cup uh, in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, another name that popped up on the injury report yesterday and i don't have any updates for today on friday uh alvin kamara has an ankle injury uh, sometimes these midweek uh injury designations or the you know additions to the injury report are bad signs sometimes the player just comes back and and you know practices on friday and everything's fine uh the, the saints do play early this week uh and latavius murray would be the obvious uh plug and play if if he's available mm-hmm. uh and it's not a bad matchup at all the jaguars this year are 24th in just fantasy points allowed to running backs any thoughts on uh kamara's status or what uh what to do with latavius murray and uh if he has to to start for the uh, saints this week yeah i actually like kamara to have a big game if he plays this week obviously you're not sitting him if he's active but uh if if jalen ramsey ends up playing and covering michael thomas i think it could really open up things for kamara in the passing game even more than usual um we saw some reverse line movement on the jaguars i think like almost 70 percent of uh the money is on the saints but the the line has moved in favor of the jaguars so that's more of like something we look at in dfs but it's just indicative of sharp money being on the jaguars and because uh, i think jacksonville is a really good matchup through the air uh, and now they're favored at home that if Latavius Murray doesn't up starting, I think there's a chance that he could get game scripted out a little bit. Um, again, if you're like a Camara owner and you have Latavius Murray, you're almost forced to play him. But if you're uh, just like in a regular two running back league or uh, in a league with a flex and you're really deep at running back and you're not a Camara owner, I think you could make an argument where you uh, sit Latavius in the spot. Uh, moving on, we have uh, Chris Carson. This is a brief one. We don't need to go into too much detail here, but he popped up uh, an injury report with a shoulder injury. He was limited on Thursday, but I think even being, I, mean, I think he'll be back on Friday and be fine to play this weekend. Uh, Devontae Adams, we have an update. Uh, we were hoping that he would be back this week, but it's not looking good. Quote, I can't really tell you when I'm going to play. Uh, I don't, I know it doesn't feel how I want it to feel at the moment. He told reporters, uh, I'm going to get it back to where it's healed and ready to go listen to my body and listen to our doctors uh the the injury does not require surgery but it sounds like he's going to have to let this rest and uh, you know monday is looking doubtful i would say at best uh with adams out last week the packer receivers didn't really do anything Mm -hmm. Uh, it was all aaron jones against the uh, cowboys i think that that's going that can't continue um if adams sits again some of these receivers are going to have a, a good game or a productive fancy line. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling seems like the most obvious choice. Uh, he is leading the team in air yards right now um, of the uh, healthy players. And then Jeronimo Allison was, played the second most snaps in that uh, receiving core. And Jake Kumaro almost scored a touchdown uh, playing uh, the third most snaps in that 
offense. Do you see any value in any of these guys? I just can't see them leaning so heavily on the running game or on Aaron uh, Jones the the entire time that Devontae Adams is out. They're going to have to get something from these receivers. Yeah, I, I think last week was definitely a little bit of an aberration just because Packers got up so big so fast that uh, game script kind of just dictated that they could keep going back to Jones. Uh, the Cowboys are a run funnel. Uh, this week is is really interesting. I think this is going to be a, a, a close, really good game uh, against Detroit. Uh, if Devontae Adams is out, uh, the, the Lions, they have both of their – corners follow uh, a running uh, I'm sorry a wide receiver Rashawn Melvin has been covering the primary wide receiver so if that means he he covers Marcus Valdez Scatling that actually might not be a bad thing for MVS Uh, Rashawn Melvin's been targeted at the 12th highest rate among starting corners even though he is uh, the shadow guy I guess that probably has something a little bit to do with him covering the best receiver the best receiver is going to get the most targets Um, but yeah like you said I I expect uh, MVS to be the guy that I want as far as Devontae Adams' outlook. We went a little uh, back and forth this week on rest of season rankings. I'm usually really cautious about these foot injuries, especially turf toe. Like uh, teams just might be worried about like giving a timetable when they're not sure. But this is one of those things that can linger. I I mean. <sighs> If you can sell Devontae and get like a really good price for somebody that thinks he's going to come back, it's it's not a bad idea to at least like listen to some offers right now. Yeah, I think uh, start of the week, the information that I had on him indicated that it was probably, I mean, it just sounded to me like it was a one-week injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're looking at a longer one than that. So as, as we're talking, I'm moving him down the rest of season rankings uh, into the teens. So I'm going to put him right around uh, Thielen there for now. Um that's how much thought goes into our rest of the season. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, I, you know, I have MVS the highest, and then Geronimo Allison. I think Allison seems like he has the best cornerback matchup, mm-hmm. uh, just based on fantasy points al- allowed uh, by these uh, different cornerbacks. Justin Coleman uh, with Darius Slay and Melvin on the outside are both pretty good. Um, so we, we will see how that shakes out. And I, I just can't imagine that it's going to stay so run oriented in terms of the fantasy points uh, concentrated with this with this Packer team. So, um, moving on to the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill clavicle injury. Uh, he's been practicing in limited fashion, um, and there's some optimism that he's going to play this week. Uh, the Chiefs play early. It looks like Sammy Watkins is probably going to be out. He's got a hamstring injury. He missed uh, Thursday. Uh, we'll see what he does today, but he's looking like he's out uh, right now. Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman, and uh, was it Jeremy Pringle? Mm-hmm. Byron Pringle um, would would be the three receivers after Tyreek Hill if Hill's able to play. Uh, it's a nice matchup against Houston. Uh, they're 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. If Hill plays, he's pretty much a must-start, I would think, even if he's coming off of a, a long uh, layoff. Uh, and then you are in a situation, if he's in there, you're kind of hoping that uh, you're looking at Demarcus Robinson, you're looking at Miko Harbin, and you're looking at Pringle, and you're trying to figure out who's going to be the two and three. And Pringle outsnapped Hardman last week. So you mm-hmm. have a take on this uh, Kansas City receiving core if if Hill's back and and Watkins is out because that's what it looks like it's going to be this week. Yeah, I mean it's it's a tough spot here. Um, I think you just if if you own any of the the Hardman or the Demarcus Robinson, you're thin. You're you're just really looking for the touchdown upside and. Um, like even in redraft, I'm going to prefer that uh, potential 
that shootout potential there. Uh, but what it's going to do is going to open things up just for a shootout on both sides. If I'm in a situation where I own like uh, Miko Hardman and Kiki Kute, I might take Kute on the other side just because uh, I think you might have a little better chance at, at concentrated targets on that side. We're on over on the Kansas City side. It's going to be really spread out if uh, if you're dealing with uh, with Tyreek and then Travis Kelsey, which I think Kelsey probably has a huge game with Tyreek Hill opening things up and, and forcing defenses not to play man anymore, which is why the Chiefs have struggled the last couple of weeks. Um, so if everything's concentrated to Hill and Kelsey, it could be really tough for, for Hardman or Demarcus Robinson and have a big game even in a shootout you know speaking of kelsey i saw some hate on hate on kelsey on twitter last few weeks because he's not producing at the levels that people are expecting being the number one tight end off the board and being the number one or a first round pick um but his production actually through five weeks is i think eight points less in ppr yeah. uh, than it was last year he just happens to be tight end three um you know austin hooper is outscoring him so people are up in arms but that's basically that eight points is basically that no look uh patrick <laughs> yeah. mahomes pass that he just blew over threw over uh kelsey's head in that one game in the first game i think it was so i the touchdowns will come he's been getting targets in the red zone and uh, he's he's due for a, a nice a nice game here soon mm-hmm. so stay the stay the course with travis kelsey uh rams uh brandon cook's concussion we don't need to go into a whole lot of detail here but he's uh Expected to play after uh, landing pretty hard after a catch last week. I think it was Thursday night game against the Seattle Seahawks, so he's had extra time to get back. I think his role has not been what you thought it was going to be heading into this. Not you specifically, the Royal you, TJ. Because um, <laughs> Cooper Cup's just going nuts right now, and that's yeah. taking uh, targets away from, from Cooks. But he's still a you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three type uh, this week. It's not a great matchup against the... Um, against the 49ers, but um, he has big playability, obviously. Marcus Brown, or Marquise Brown, ankle injury, did not practice Thursday or Friday. According to John Harbaugh, it's, quote, nothing serious, but sitting out for three days uh, isn't good. Uh, Do you have a take on this? Is there a way for um, fantasy owners to capitalize on Brown's absence if he does miss this game? Uh the thing about Baltimore, they have the eighth most concentrated passing game in the league. If we look at uh, the the com- the combo of the top two targets, him and Mark Andrews have combined for forty eight percent of the targets. The the reason. Um, I'm always wary about these situations is because unlike running back, if a wide receiver doesn't play, uh, they don't automatically like the next guy doesn't automatically absorb that 25% target share. Sometimes the game plan change. Sometimes they just spread it out a little bit more. Uh, this is a spot where Baltimore's favored by 12 Cincinnati's allowed 229 yards per game to opposing backfields over the last four games. So, uh, I mean, I'm not like forcing in a Willie Sneed or something. If Marquise Brown doesn't play, uh, I think there's a chance that Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, just eat up all of the fantasy production in this one uh, as really big favorites and then if they get up obviously they don't need to uh, to throw a bunch they're already one of the most run heavy teams in the league so I'm probably uh, just playing I don't you're not sitting Andrews but uh, I just like Andrews more but uh, I'm looking for probably another option if Marquise Brown is out than a Baltimore secondary receiver yeah it's hard to just turn you know your keys over to Seth Roberts or Willie mm-hmm. Snead or Miles Boykin because the volume just hasn't been there uh, through the first few weeks. So we don't know what, how it's going to shake out, and that's a risk. You don't want to take risks. You can avoid it. It's probably going to be Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, maybe some Gus Edwards, and a lot of uh, Mark, Mark Andrews in the passing game. 
Uh, AJ Green, just a note on him, he returned to a quote unquote very limited practice. Uh, so he looks like he might be getting closer. He's obviously not going to play this week, um, but maybe next week, maybe the week after, it's getting closer. So people holding on to Green continue to hold on. Uh, we're getting close. Uh, TJ Hawkinson uh, had a concussion prior to the bye. Uh, he was limited on Thursday. It was reported by Tim Twentyman, who's the De- uh, Detroit Lions' actual like writer for the team, um, that he was a full go. Uh, but he was actually limited on Thursday, so it looks like he's trending towards playing. Uh, typically, tight ends do a good job uh, of scoring fancy points against my Packers. They tend to forget about the uh, tight end position, uh, but they're 11th in adjusted fancy points allowed um, to tight ends this year. Uh, Savage looks like he's going to be out, so that may affect their uh, coverage with the tight end position. Do you have any thoughts on TJ Hawkinson as a third option there behind Kenny Galladay and uh, Marvin Jones? I mean, tight end is is such a, a dumpster fire outside the top four or five guys that if you have Hawkinson, you pretty much have to play him. Uh, I think in this spot, because the Packers are such a run funnel, you're really just looking for touchdown upside. But uh, I, there's not anyone on the wave, waiver wire if you're a Hawkinson owner that you're going to start over him. Yeah, I'm just looking at my rankings. Maybe Gerald Everett's out there on a thin waiver wire. Vernon Davis, possibly. I, I've got Hawkinson right now at 14, but he's likely to move up a bit if it, you know he ends up being... Uh, looks like he's going to play because right now the, with the Monday night game, that kind of affects my rankings as mm-hmm. to where I have them. Um, okay. We're going to go over the Thursday night game here in a minute and then discuss uh, a few sneaky starts, but first a word from our sponsors. Today's episode was sponsored in part by iconic, where you can shop name brand glasses, contacts, and sunglasses for the best possible price. Iconic seamlessly connects your eyewear, your vision insurance coverage, and your doctor's expertise with their network of over 38,000 eye doctors. Use their virtual try-on tool to see yourself in your favorite pair of glasses. John, I know you recently bought a pair of glasses from Iconic, right? Yeah, I actually got a pair of prescription Nike sunglasses. I was able to search by the size of the frames, and I have a big head, so that certainly helped (laughs) and the site actually scanned my face for their virtual try-on feature which was pretty cool uh uploading my prescription was easy and my sunglasses came within a few days so all in all it was a good experience well if you want to be like john enjoy the view and visit iconic.com backslash t-m-a-p that's e-y-e-c-o-n-i-c.com backslash t-m-a-p to shop 60 high-quality name brands including nike ray-ban oakley and accuview Get free shipping and returns, price matching, and a complimentary frame adjustment, plus save up to $220 when you apply for your insurance. Don't have insurance? Use the code TMAP to get 10% off your entire order. Iconic is looking out for your eyes. One other note on that Iconic link, make sure that when you use the code TMAP, that has to be in all caps for the link to work. So when you when you enter in TMAP, make sure those are in all caps for that link to work. Podcast is also brought to you by Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business. Brings you the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event with its $70,000 first place payout. This is the largest and the only rake-free contest running anywhere for the NFL in Week 5. That's right, Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time. Not just for a limited promotional contest, so make sure that when you know you, you sign up, you, you understand that other fantasy sites, 
They continue to raise rake, prize pools, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are now over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code 444, and you'll get a free seven-day trial in your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com, promo code 444. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contest this season. You can start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. Okay, let's talk about that uh, Thursday night game, a barn burner between the uh, Patriots and the Giants. I'm just going to run through some stats here, and we'll talk about anything that we might have learned from the game. The Patriots uh, didn't look super sharp in the first half. I think that's fair to say. Tom Brady ended up with 334 passing yards, one interception. He very greedily, is that a word, greedy? <laughs> very greedy. He, he ran in two touchdowns that probably should have been, at least one of them should have been Sonny Michelle. Somehow they run for three touchdowns, the, the Patriots do, and Michelle does not get um, a rushing touchdown. Uh he finished with 22 carries for 86 yards. Um, he had two catches for 27 yards. Could have had a really big day if he would have gotten one of those touchdowns. Brandon Bolden, of course, did his thing. Three carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. He also had two catches for 22 yards. James White was pretty much a non-factor as a runner. Two carries, negative one yards. Uh, but he did add nine catches for 46 yards. Uh, a nice 13.6 in PPR, which is one reason why I don't really like PPR leagues. Um at, at receiver, Josh Gordon got injured on a fumble return touchdown by the Giants and limped off the field, but he was spotted on a stationary bike working the knee, which indicates that it wasn't a um, torn ACL uh, or anything like that. So uh, hopefully oh, fantasy owners can get him back. He's got 10 days to get healthy for next week. Uh, with Gordon out and Philip Dorsett out, Jacoby Myers Stepped in, uh, played quite a few snaps, caught four passes for 54 yards. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, uh, two for 34. Ryan Izzo got out in the action, for two for 31. Um, and uh, Julian Edelman obviously led the way. Nine catchers, 113 yards on 15 targets. Anything you want to talk about as, lo- as far as the, the Patriots are concerned? I mean, if Gordon's out, um, I, I don't know the extent of uh, Philip Dorsett's injury. If he's going to be back, you obviously get a bump from him if they're both out. Uh, Jacoby Myers is, is going to be a spot start, but this is an offense that everything's so spread out that outside of, of Edelman, uh, it's really hard to, to pencil in anybody. So I'm, I'm looking for a little bit more consistency from uh, really any of my players that you're going to find outside of Edelman on this team, even, even the running backs. I mean, the really the only spot that you could get confident in outside of Edelman is when it's a pretty obvious uh, passing situation uh, where they're going to target James White a lot. But after that, um, it's, it's pretty thin. Uh, uh, even though it's a great, great uh, team and an offense that's going to have a lot of scoring potential and a lot of yardage, um, it's it's just hard to find reliable fantasy production here. Yeah, when I'm ranking, I only really feel comfortable about um, James White sometimes, mm-hmm. like not even, not even every game, because uh, you know there's some games where he disappears as well. But Julian Edelman is the one one guy I really feel comfortable with, and the whole offense runs through him. 15 targets off of 51, 50, or 41 pass attempts by. Uh, Tom Brady. Uh, going over to the Giants, they hung around for a little while, but just very talent-deprived. Um, Daniel Jones, uh, 161 yards uh, passing, three interceptions, one touchdown. Um, 
I did sit Golden Tate in a league, and I'm kicking myself for it, but I feel like it was a decent process play because Tate, on his 64-yard touchdown catch, did bobble the ball, and that could have easily gone incomplete, but he had six catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. I did get all the targets, not all of them, but he got nine. Darius Slayton, three for 32 uh, on eight targets. Red Ellison, three for 30 on seven targets, and then a couple running backs got some some targets, but nothing major. Jonathan Hilleman, 11 carries for 38 yards. I did not like him, even though he saw, uh, heading into the game, I thought he might see 10 to 15 touches, and he ended up with 13, but I was not optimistic at all about yardage or touchdowns, and that pretty much came to fruition. I don't know that there's a lot we can take from this game, given all the injuries. I think mm-hmm. this this offense could be decent with Golden Tate. Um, Sterling Shepard healthy, uh, Evan Ingram healthy at tight end, maybe Darius Slayton as the third receiver. I think this, and then obviously Saquon Barkley, getting him back would be great. So any thoughts on the, on this Giants team or Daniel Jones in general? Uh, obviously you have to take Golden Tate's nine targets with a grain of salt because um, Ingram and Shepard were out, but I will say uh, probably the decision that people are trying to make, if if there is one, is between Tate and Sterling Shepard. It, it sounds like that when they're both healthy, Shepard's going to move to the outside, so that actually gives me um, makes me give the nod to Tate for rest of the season. And what do you make of this Patriots defense? I had somebody <laughs> ask me today, should I sell high? And I've never heard, um, I, I don't know if I've ever heard a question about selling a defense high, uh, but they've been so good this year. They have the, the Jets coming up week seven. Uh, Cleveland, which looked a little bit daunting at the start of the season in terms of offense, but no longer. They have Cleveland at home. They've, they're at Baltimore in week nine, then they have their week 10 bye. Then they're at Philly, then they have Dallas at home at Houston, uh, Kansas City at home. And then in week 15 and 16, they, ha- they are at Cincinnati, which looks like a great start. And then they're at Buffalo at home uh, in week 16. What do you make of this fantasy defense? This is one of my favorites heading into the year. Um, I, had, I think I had them ranked third heading into the season. They were going off the board 11th or 12th, and I have them in every one of my redraft leagues, I think. Um, what, do you, what do you make of this? Are they, are they a legit weapon for the rest of the season? I mean, the I, I saw a tweet uh, the other day. I, I don't remember the timeline, but it, it was basically the, the gist of it was that Patriots are on pace based on the winning percentage of the teams remaining to have like one of the easiest schedules. I don't know if it was in the modern era or like in this, this decade, but uh, the point is they they're, have a really easy schedule. So my initial thought, like with all these touchdowns, is obviously defensive scoring is very high variance. You're not going to get a defensive touchdown every single game, but their schedule is so easy. Um, that they're kind of a team that I want to hold. Now, sell high is a very relative term. They're putting up running back one type uh, <laughs> uh, production right now. That's obviously going to taper off a little bit, but they're probably going to be the highest floor defense for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, sell high, are you getting like like a, a top 10 running back? Yeah, absolutely. A, a, a top 20 receiver? Sure. Um, but if you're just getting some middling player that's going to put up similar fantasy production, uh, just from a point perspective, that player is probably going to be a start sit decision every week where Patriots are going to be plug and play. So, uh, unless I'm getting a clear plug and play, then I don't really see the point of trading them. Yeah. And I like the, I like that playoff schedule. I know they have the chiefs. Mm -hmm. You might want to, you know, depending on how both squads are playing at that point, you might want to find a a defense to stream, but being able to face the Bengals in week 15 and the Bills at home in week 16. Uh, I don't want to trade away that defense yeah. for and that. The good thing about streaming in the playoffs is that there's less teams battling for those uh, for those players on the waiver wire, so it uh, shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, to find a good one. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about 
sneaky starts. Uh, I've got one to talk about at each position. You can find my article at four for four every week. Uh, and I asked TJ to come up with a couple of players or one, you know, one player or two players at each position that he likes. So I'm going to start, uh, at quarterback. Uh, I like Kyle Allen this week. He's had a little rough stretch here. I was super impressed with his four touchdown performance at Arizona in his first start. But since then he's just got one touchdown, no interceptions, uh, 232 yards passing against Houston, which was actually a good matchup. Didn't throw, didn't really score well. He had three fumbles in that game, 3.3 fantasy points. Last week against Jacksonville, 181 yards uh, passing, one touchdown, ended up with 11.6 fantasy points. But this defense uh, that he's facing this week, 31st, the Bucks, 31st in just the fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, they are also a pass funnel defense where they're really good against the run forcing teams to throw it and air it out against them. And I think there's enough weapons there in Carolina, DJ Moore and Greg Olson and Curtis Samuel, and obviously Christian McCaffrey can catch the ball pretty well, that this is setting up nicely for a Kyle Allen uh, day. What do you think? What do you have at quarterback this week? Uh, go, going really deep here, Case Keenum versus Miami, available in 94% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Miami has allowed the most fantasy points per attempt to opposing passing games. They've allowed the highest touchdown rate above 10% uh, to opposing passing games. The the concern with Keenum is that Bill Callahan is going to want to establish the run, but uh, Washington's secondary is very bad, so he might not be able to do that. This might there There's... This is a very wide range of outcomes games because both teams are bad on both sides of the ball, but there definitely is like shootout potential on one of those sides of the outcomes. Yeah, and Terry McLaren is healthy. Uh, Miami yielded 310 yards and two touchdowns to Phillip Rivers, 246 yards, two touchdowns to Dak Prescott, 264 yards, two touchdowns to Tom Brady in its last three games. I actually wrote this. I wrote the. I didn't really write up Keenum. I wrote up Washington's quarterback because mm-hmm. we didn't know. <laughs> Who was going to start for him? I figured either Colt McCoy or Case Keenum would be a pretty good start. And he was and Keenum was actually pretty good prior to getting benched. Sure. Like the first three games, he was up there fantasy wise, uh, and then he had a meltdown against the Giants. So, not a terrible start there. I like your first pick. Let's see how you do with your second one. Uh, for me, Kenyon Drake. Uh, I tweeted out that I feel like uh, Jerry Maguire with the you know the fish <laughs> in the bag. Like who's with me? Who's coming with me? Uh, whenever I talk about Kenyon Drake, but the same game, uh, the Redskins are 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, to running backs. Uh, I think Drake's usage, they're starting to realize the Miami Dolphins that uh, Kalen Balazs is not very good. He keeps dropping passes. Uh, Drake does have a tendency to fumble the ball a little bit. He had one in the last game, uh, but he's had 11, 15, and 12 touches prior to the, the bye. This is a game that the Dolphins should be able to stay competitive in. So, you know, you might see 15 to 20 touches this week for him. Um, they've yielded, the, the Washington Redskins have yielded the third most points this season. So Miami has a chance to score some touchdowns. Uh, and maybe Drake gets one. He was a pretty good touchdown scorer last year. Uh, opposing running backs have gotten uh, off on uh, the Redskins. 32 touches, uh, 164 yards, 1.3 touchdowns. Uh, in the last four games uh, for for opposing backfields. So um, the big big question here is, are the Dolphins actually trying to win games? I think think the players and the team in general is. It's the front office that probably wants them to lose, uh, but the players and the coaches are actually trying to win. That's my take on that for right now. What do you think? uh, Do you have somebody at running back that you like? 
Uh, Carlos Hyde is available in 25 to 35% of leagues, depending on what site you play on. Uh, we are, Obviously, we already talked about the, the backups in, in L.A. and Arizona. Uh, so I think Carlos Hyde after those two guys, just because the shootout potential in this game uh, means that there's going to be touchdown upside. And, and when you're getting this thin on the wave wire, we're looking for that. Uh, 21 carries last week, uh, 16 touches in his last two games, double-digit touches every single uh, game this year. So when you could get that double-digit touches on the waiver wire uh, with some scoring potential, I, I think I, I like that a lot. Um, early in the game, he could see a couple extra touches if Bill O'Brien decides to slow it down and, and keep it close. Obviously, I think they're going to get in a situation at some point, probably by the second quarter, where they can't do that anymore because Kansas City is such a good offense. But uh, Hyde has quite a bit of upside this week. I think I would just add to that Duke Johnson and PPR formats sure. may you know, five, six, seven catches. He's actually run the ball really well mm-hmm. uh, and is not getting the carries, of course, because I think they signed Carlos Hyde and he did pretty well the first two weeks. So now they're just going to stick with him forever, <laughs> forever as their running main running back. So that's the situation we're in as Duke Johnson owners. But I think he's startable in PPR formats. Uh, they're probably going to have to throw the ball more than they'd like to uh, this week, Houston. Um, at receiver, uh, the guy I'd like to mention is Mohamed Sanu. Uh, he's out there. Still on quite a few waiver wires. Uh, the the, uh, the Cardinals are down a couple of uh, cornerbacks, and uh, they're 18th in just a fancy points allowed to wide receivers right now. Sanu has actually been producing pretty consistently. He is 10.7 or more fancy points PPR in uh, four of his last five games. He's seen at least five targets in every game, and he has 75 uh, or more yards and or a touchdown in three straight games. Uh, he continues to be maybe a thorn in the owner, uh, the sides of Calvin Ridley owners. Um, but you just look at what the Cardinals have given up. You look at what Sanu is doing, and I think he's a, a pretty sneaky start this week. Who do you have at receiver? Uh, I got two guys. Preston Williams is available in 83% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, if you look at season-long numbers, you're going to see Devontae Parker getting the edge in targets and air yards, but we've seen Preston Williams' uh, share of air yards increase in every single week this year. He leads the league in red zone target share. Uh, obviously, the volume there is low, but that's definitely worth noting in a game that does have shootout potential. Uh, Quinton Dunbar, who will be covering Preston Williams, Williams has been targeted at the third highest rate among starting quarterbacks in week six. And then I want to stay in that game uh, that you talked about with Muhammad Sanu on the other side, Keyshawn Johnson, if Christian Kirk is out, is available in 98% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Love the shootout potential in this one. Johnson saw seven targets last week, dropped one that was close to would have been a touchdown. Atlanta corners, uh, both outside corners, ranking the bottom nine in fantasy points per target allowed. I like it. Uh, At tight end, I didn't have a whole bunch of it's <laughs> streaming rough. tight end it's options rough. this week um gerald everett is the guy i'm picking to talk about today his usage is on the ri- uh, rise i don't know if uh, he's here to stay or not uh it's hard to figure it out there with the rams i mean higby was out week three and gerald everett did nothing and tons of snaps he had two catches for 15 yards uh two measly targets in that game uh higby was back in week four and week five and ever everett's usage and production um, spiked. He had five catches for 44 yards and a touchdown, eight targets, 57% of the snaps in week four. And then he caught seven for 136 on 11 targets and 81% of the snaps in week five against the Seahawks. I think part of that uh, was boosted because of Brandon Cook's, you know, mm-hmm. MIA and then all of a sudden injured. Uh, this, I think Everett basically took over the role uh, in that in the offense. So it's not a great matchup uh, against the 49ers. They're pretty stout 
across the board defensively. Um, but in a week where you have four teams on by and you're looking for somebody to, to plug in at tight end, Everett has that upside. Uh, who do you have at tight end? Um, I mean, it, like you said, it's really thin here. Jared Cook is available in 30% of Yahoo leagues. This is kind of contingent on if Jalen Ramsey plays just because it'll limit the passing options with him covering Michael Thomas. Even uh, just in general, at least six targets in three of his last four games. Uh, there, You're, you're kind of counting on a touchdown, but... Uh, but, I mean, if you could get six targets from tight end off a of wave wire at this point, that's about the best you're, you can do. If you're really desperate um, or just in some crazy deep league, you can go to the other side of this game. Jeff Swain is available in 99% of uh, Yahoo leagues. You're basically looking for touchdown upside because I do think the Jaguars have a good matchup here in the passing game. And O'Shaughnessy was a tight end 13 before his injury, so there's, uh, there's a little bit to take there. Uh, I'm going to uh, give a defense as well this week. The Packers defense against uh, the Lions at home. The Packers have generated uh, the most pressures per uh, pro, uh, pro football focus. And the Lions are seventh in pressures allowed. Uh, so I think this is a pretty good combination here that they can they can pressure uh, Matthew Stafford. The Packers are seventh in defensive fantasy scoring according to our metrics. It's 9.9 fantasy points per game for them. And they're uh, still out there on a lot of waiver wires, so I think he, they're a pretty good play. Do you have a defensive play for us this week? Uh, the Redskins. I mentioned the wide range of outcomes in this game. Redskins are favored. Miami is uh, bottom three in adjusted sack rate allowed, last in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Only one week, week six starter has a higher interception rate than Josh Rosen. I actually have the Redskins ranked fourth and the Packers sixth, so maybe I should have taken the Redskins this week. <laughs> anyway, thank you, TJ, for coming on. I appreciate you uh, giving us a spot start with Anthony Stalter out. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always good to uh, talk a little football with you. All right. Good luck with your uh, lineups and games this weekend, and uh, we'll see you next time on Four 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 is the most accurate podcast. Heart.